Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ Branson and Zachary Vogel. Hey, hey, hey. Full disclosure, before we get into this, Zach, this will be the first I'm telling you, too. I am semi-hammered. I'm like three drinks in. So this is going to be a fun episode, whether you like it or not. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's uh, let's start with the injuries here. A couple big ones today. Dougie Hamilton went down like a ton of bricks on the boards. Uh, looked like he fell on his legs one leg in particular, pretty friggin' hard. I don't want to jump to any conclusions here, but this is, first of all, it's not pretty. Second of all, it looks like it's going to be weeks, if not months. A lot of people are bringing up in the Discord already that Jake Gardner's got to be the guy to go for. It seems like a plausible route, but uh, we were talking just briefly before here. Jake Gardner's not like, you saw it. I see your face. I know you're muted. Like, you're watching it right now. Doesn't look good, right? You are not enjoying watching this. Like the leg oh, goes. Oh man, it looks like it. Like it looks like when he takes his. Like I, number one, I guarantee you, when he takes that left skate off, it is his leg is just gonna blow up. Yeah, it's like a gogurt in there. Oh my god! And it looks like when it comes out of the skate, it's just gonna be all floppy. There were reports from beat writers and stuff that said that he looked like he mouthed the words, "I think I broke my leg." He looked tough as shit, though. He took it exceptionally oh, well. Dang. Where are you with Jake Gardner? If nothing else, he will be on the top power play if everything goes according to plan, that is. so. I think that Jake Gardner is definitely going to be a good stand-in as he is a, a pretty good player. He is definitely going to have an uptick in points, but he will get that top power play time, which is definitely huge. However, don't expect him to just automatically replace Dougie Hamilton on everything, especially points. Yeah, he's not going to have that big of an uptick, but he will get more points than he previously had. I can, I can, I can feel very good about saying that. So my man is ten percent owned in Yahoo, thirty-seven percent in ESPN. Okay, so I agree with you, almost to the T. His point pace is going to go up, but it's going to be nowhere near what Dougie Hamilton was doing. There's that, I guess. Uh, the next one we got to bring up is William Carlson. Sidelined with an upper body injury is going to miss an extended period of time, they say. And he's listed as week to week right now. Going into the first game under a new head coach, they had Chandler Stevenson as the number one C. I mean, they didn't go with that patch ready stone up to the top line things. Who knows if that's the way it would have went had everything gone right. But I, I feel like with the trend of new coaches, they kind of want to see what the previous coach was dealing with a couple games into it before making any immediate changes or anything like that. So right now they're running Marchessault, Stevenson, and Smith with Pacioretty, Stasny, and Stone, Nosek, Eakin, and Tuck. Chandler Stevenson had really good production with Pacioretty and Stone. Just looking at the underlying numbers, Coach is going to look at it and think, okay, I'll swap the top two Cs, and you'll see Stasny with Marchessault and Smith, and Stevenson back with Pacioretty and Stone. Where do you put this? Because we were just kind of um, we were talking shit on Willie. I think it was either the last episode or the episode before. I blame you. I blame I, you. I feel like this is your fault. He's week to week with an ego injury, right? Because he heard our podcast. It hurt his feelings. And now he's out week to week. So it's my fault. He Well, he uh, is definitely out of that top power play uh, sure. conversation yeah. that we were having. There you go, Paul Stasny, is the person that probably benefits most from this. Because he will either be playing with Mark Stone and Pacioretty or March so and Riley Smith. Like, there is no one. You know what I mean? I don't see them moving him down to the third line. He will be somewhere in that top six. I think Paul Stassi, in my mind, has the biggest bump here. 
Paul Stasny, 19% in Yahoo, 51%. I think it's 51%. Yahoo or ESPN is being really shitty right now. So it's hard for me to look up the ownership. We're talking Stress about me that. out, man. It stressed yeah. me out. It's giving me anxiety. It is literally the biggest day of the week, and ESPN's down. Um, it's kind of right along the lines of what you'd expect from ESPN. That's neither here nor there. But I think it's around 52%. Paul Stasny, I agree with you, man. This is the guy you got to be jumping on if you're looking for a William Carlson replacement. We've talked at length about different centers that are worth picking up, man, over the course of the last few weeks. Anthony Sorelli, I know we've got him highlighted later on in this episode. The guy that we like for next week, just for, uh, I mean, the next matchup. It, it encompasses. Yeah, not not next week. That's for not sure. Next week. So sorry for anybody that's playing just in those one week things. Elliot Friedman just retweeted. That Miro Heiskanen out for the rest of the game with an upper body injury. People are dropping like flies today. Jesus. I don't even know if we're going to get through this episode without any more injuries here. Continuing along here, we got JGP not playing tonight. Upper body injury. Dylan Strom was Dylan Strom was moved to IR. I, that was my first thought too. Is that he would he was going to be on he was going to be getting traded or something like that. Uh, Kyle Palmieri moved to IR as well. Joel Armia came back. Ilya Kovalchuk big big game tonight. Did not look good for Alex Lyon in his first showing. A little bit to be expected, I think. Uh, David Krejci did not play tonight. He's still dealing with that upper body injury. That's about it. I mean, Antti Ronson didn't play tonight. Yeah, that's where we're at. Casey Zizekas returned tonight. I know there's uh, some mm. guys some guys in the Discord that are super excited about Casey Zizekas. I think they play in They're some like, pretty deep pools. Yeah, sweet. Casey not... Zizekas, I saw that earlier. I was like, what? <laughs> It's not like our usual um, topics here, but I guess we're, we're like mostly focusing on like 12 team leagues, the average league here. But there are guys that, um, you know, get excited about Casey Zizekas. So more power to you guys. You guys are playing in tougher leagues than we are. All right. So that's going to bring us to what is um, our week's preview. I guess that is what we're going to call it. And I'm sure next week we're going to we're going to have to go over the week following again, too. So I, I don't know what our lineup next week is going to be. If we're taking days off or if we're going through the whole five, you know, so we're going to play it by ear, man. Like if, yeah, I mean, Hey, we could, we could talk about the all-star game. I don't want to do that. I don't even want to watch really the all-star game. Either. We can like just bet on who is going to have the most points. Who's going to win each event. Here, here's, here's on it. we'll open it up to guys in the discord. We're just going to have a free for all Zach. If you can't make it, if I can't make it, whatever, and we'll chat. See, we'll we'll line up some fantasy hockey questions or something like that. Just chat or something. Who knows, man? We'll, we'll do something. Do. We'll do something fun. <laughs> um, so, so coming up next, we are going to be diving into these next weeks here in Yahoo in ESPN. I think they're both right. They're both jumbled up into one matchup. Is ESPN the same way? I know Yahoo is. Yes, it is. Okay, so that's what we're looking at. We're looking at two weeks as one matchup. We're going to kind of file it down one by one, uh, week by week. We're going to kind of pull it together as an aggregate. There are no real standout teams. There are only, what's the opposite of standout? Like fadeaway teams, teams that we're going to fade. But yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about next. Yeah, so as you said, we're going to be talking about, well, this next matchup. It's not just next week. It is the next two weeks because you have the all-star game there in the middle. And this first week of the matchup, you only have three days. Uh, of games coming up and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are all off games for the all-star game. 
the week after that is pretty much a full slate, but there are some very interesting looks, I guess we'll just say, this whole matchup. And what sucks is, I mean, I know it's going to kind of screw me a little bit. I'm actually playing TJ in our home mm. league this week. It's always a big deal for us. TJ and I get a little nasty when this happens. Even even when we first started out with the podcast, like we wouldn't tell each other our people that we were looking at. Yeah, it was hard to do this podcast because, like, be yeah, like, well, yeah. I don't want to. T- I want to say nothing, dude, because yeah, you're going to be everything an close to the go vest. out and pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> keep it close to the vest. So maybe it's better that it's the All Star break. You know, maybe we can take a break and and keep our secrets and you know have a good old well, fashioned some- good time. Some of my big guys are going to have low-played weeks uh, while some of yours are still looking pretty good. I mean, a couple of them were kind of even on, uh, but I think you're a little bit ahead of me just to start out. I hope so. So this first week, there's actually a bunch of teams that don't play at all this very first week. That's Anaheim, Arizona, Dallas, Edmonton. L.A., Montreal, New Jersey, Nashville, Ottawa, San Jose, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Vancouver, and Washington. No games. Man. Man. Fringe players got to go. That is hurting me. You have a fringe player from any of those? How many? 15 teams. 15 teams. It's half the damn league. Or not. I'm I'm counting 17 here, bud. What? Yeah. Yeah, it is 17. More than half the league. Oh, you missed you missed Buffalo. You missed Calgary. I did miss Buffalo so and Calgary. Those, those were the yeah. two I missed. So just to recap, there's there's so many, so I can't blame you for for missing a couple here. Seventeen teams: Anaheim, Arizona, Buffalo, Calgary, Dallas, Edmonton, L.A., Montreal, Nashville, New Jersey, Ottawa, San Jose, St. Louis, Tampa, Toronto, Vancouver, and Washington. So the only two teams you missed were Buffalo and Calgary. So that's that's just a ton of friggin' teams now. Good luck to everybody. In, good luck. In those first three days, there's only a couple of teams that play two days out of the three. So those are the ones that you're really going to want to look at. So there's only four teams that have two games coming up this very first week in which there's only three days worth of games. And that's Florida, Detroit, Minnesota, and Winnipeg. So unfortunately, one of those teams is Detroit. So you might have to find somebody just for the time being from Detroit, even though, well, they have a tough matchup against Colorado where I think they're going to get scored upon quite a bit. We can actually, we'll talk about Detroit first. We'll just get them out of the way. So they're playing Monday at Colorado. They're probably going to lose <laughs> that game. Well, they are. Yeah. Uh, and then Wednesday at Minnesota. Now that's, uh, well, a much more feasible game for them to put some points up. Minnesota has been playing pretty decent as of late. I think the obvious answer is either your boy, Heronic. Yep, that's who I'm queuing up. Robbie Fabry. Uh, Robbie Fabry is still the guy to the guy to be looking at right here. Uh, he dropped back down as far as percentages go. On ESPN, he's 12%. Yahoo, he's 7%. But he's definitely still the guy if you're picking up Red Wings. Um, at least as far as the ones that are going to be available. You're not going to get a Tyler Bertuzzi most likely off the waiver wire, but you can find a Robbie Fabry. In his last four games alone, he has four points, which he has a goal, three assists, 22 points in 30 games this year. Not too bad for a very widely available player. Uh, but I'll tell you what, T, he's he's also getting a hit per game 
um, over the course of the year so far. And he can throw in multi-hit games every now and then uh, to help with some extra peripherals. Uh, so I think the guy is Robbie Fabric. When you brought up Tyler Bertuzzi, let's not jump too quick down, uh, shooting him down as a recommendation. He's only 46% owned. It's kind of baffling. Um, type of guy, like he's he's owned in every league that we're in, right? So it's kind of easy to just write him off as somebody that's, that's not available. But yeah, if you're in the 54% of leagues where Tyler Bertuzzi is available, he's worth a shot if you've got the acquisitions just for next week. When you look at it as an aggregate, Detroit is one of the teams that has four games throughout the next two weeks. They got two this week and then two the week following. But the week following, you can you can really cash in on teams that are playing four times. So Tyler Bertuzzi is your best bet for next week. And then you got to look at a guy like Philip Aronic, who's got three points in his last three, four points in his last six, eight in his last 12. When we're talking about hits and blocks now, uh, he's got 28 hits in the last 30 days, 15 blocks in the last 30 days. And that encompasses... 12 games so we're getting over a block a game over two hits a game out of this guy the power play time is on point for him uh he's getting a majority share and zach i don't know if you got any advil ibuprofen or whatever but mike green on the top power play now he's not going to help you out on the score sheet that's not something that i've been able to that i've been able to say most times because he has been you know a half point per game kind of guy but zach here we go 15 hits in his last three games. How's that sound? I'm sorry. I, I, I had dozed off there for a second. I had a, uh, this horrible nightmare where we were talking about Mike Green again. 15 hits in his last three games. The time on ice is pretty good. He's playing about 20 and a half minutes. Team power play percentage is going up because he's on the top power play right now. Philip Zadina, the guy that moved down, and they're playing 2D up there. Don't know why. Don't care. But Mike Green, top power play. It's not the best power play, but he's on the top power play. And when we're talking about Tyler Bertuzzi, he's kind of just trucking along half point per game pace over the last 30 days, 59 point pace on the season. Hits about one per game, a little more the further back you go, but that's what you're looking at on the season. Uh, Tom Onice is great. He played 20 minutes, 20 minutes on average in the last three games, right around his season averages for for the last month or so. He's getting 19 and a half minutes of time on ice. That's not something that is easy to find on the waiver wire. Tyler Bertuzzi, left wing, right wing, 46% owned. I can only imagine Mike Green is is way less owned than that. So 5% owned in Yahoo right now. Five hits, six hits, four hits in his last three games. Come on now. At least give him a chance. Winnipeg, probably the mo- one of the most boring teams to stream from, maybe outside of the New York Islanders. We talked about Jack Roslavic. We talked about um, Adam Lowry. We talked about, who was the last guy yesterday? Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp, yeah. <laughs> Even you forgot about Andrew Kopp. I know. He's like my favorite streamer. From Winnipeg there, but um, there you go. Who do you like? Uh, I think I'm going to go a little deep on this one. Uh, just because, well, we kind of talked about those guys yesterday. I guess Andrew Kopp is the guy if you're looking for a forward. But maybe we should look at some defense. I'm going to go with Sammy Niku. What, what 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 in the world do you think about that? Talking about deep. 0% um, Yahoo. 0.3% yeah. ESPN. And uh, this one is definitely a long shot. Very. He's only played five games so far. He has one assist, a block, a shot, and a hit per game. And we'll see how he comes along with any scoring. I'm all about long shots, man. Uh, and the numbers really aren't too bad. Yeah, so I guess if, if you need So it. if you're looking for peripherals and somebody who's going to put at least one up every game and maybe give you some multi-periph... Uh, 
multi-peripheral games, Sammy Niku might be your guy. I'm going to go back to the well. Andrew Cup, Adam Lowry. Adam Lowry is my guy for hits there. Um, actually, he's leading the team in hits right now with 128 hits on the year. And the rest of the guys that I'm looking at for hits, I'm not really interested in. Uh, Matthew Perot, I guess, but he's getting minutes around 13. Not exactly interesting this year for that. Um, all right, let's let's just move on here. Who's next? Uh, why don't we do Florida next? I myself am also going to go back to the well, and I'm going to go Nola Shari. Yep, stole mine. Well, Nola Shari, 22% owned in ESPN, 25% owned in Yahoo. And he's still been producing. While he hasn't been producing at that crazy pace that he was, his last three games, he has three goals. Nothing last game, but he had a two-goal game and then a one-goal game right before that. Now, in that span, he did he got nothing against Toronto, two against Vancouver, and one against Arizona. What's crazy, the man has got 17 goals. 17 goals. 17 goals and three assists. Jesus. It's going for the Cy Young. But also... He's been getting more time on ice. He is up at around 17 minutes time on ice on average in his last five games. And he's still hitting and blocking like he always does. That's why he is the man. He He's out there doing it all. Hell, he had a six-shot game two games ago. But still, last five hits, three, one, six, two, two, blocks, two, three, one, two, four. This guy is out there doing it all. How is he not more highly owned? So here's one that might come out of left field here. Vincent Trocek, 56% in Yahoo. Yeah, you would think that he would be more highly owned than that. Yeah, not something I thought I'd be saying this year. When you look at it, he's got seven points in his last six, 12 in his last 12. Their shots have been incredible. Um, On pace on the season for 214 in the last dozen games, he's on pace for 253, really putting it out there. The hit's up over 100 for a pace, and the blocks have been there too. Um, 56%. That is that is wild. So I'm checking his availability right now. He's available in one of my leagues in Yahoo. I'm in six different leagues here. All right, so that's going to be my guy, but I guess um, kind of like just so there's a backup plan here, it's got to be Brett Connolly, just based on deployment. Three points in his last two, four in his last six. The shots have been pretty great. He's got seven shots in his last two games, but when you're looking deeper and deeper, uh, it starts to level out to where season averages are. The hits, again, really great. So this is a guy that's going to give you, you know, one and a half hits a game. Nothing too crazy, but on the year, he's giving you one hit a game. The blocks aren't there. Uh, The average time on ice is right around 15, 15 and a half, somewhere in between. He's getting a little bit of power play time, second power play time with Vincent Trocek. So, I mean, if nothing else, Brett Connolly is a guy to kind of just chip away at some categories. Not really not really own it for you, but if he's one of the only teams that's playing twice next week, uh, he's going to be a pretty valuable commodity if somebody else owns like Barkov, which should be happening. If, I mean, you're not going to get your hands on the big guys, and the only teams that have the big guys, uh, they're going to be reaping the benefits. So you got to match them with a Brett Connolly, with a Noel Shari, with – Hell, even a Vincent Trocek, if you can get your hands yeah, on a Vincent Trocek. I mean, definitely Vincent Trocek would be top on that least list. He'd be a possible even hold. Uh, but number two, dude, it, it's definitely Nola Shari. If you're on a 31-goal pace, a 160-hit pace, and a 137-block pace, 
that's a guy I want on my team, and that's and that's Nolashari. Uh, now that he has started to put some points up on the board. All right, man. I guess the last team there is Minnesota here, just kind of like a PSA. Um, Ryan Suter only sixty percent owned. Yeah, I was gonna do Ryan Suter. I yeah. was. was He's only sixty percent owned. Ryan Suter. I really was. I swear to God. Yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, I, I'm sure he's like more widely owned in ESPN here, but 60% in Yahoo. I got to say, he is literally the only defenseman on Minnesota worth having, really. That's not verging streamer spot. So you like him better than Dumba? Yeah, yeah, I do. Dude's got 30 points in 46 games. It's true. That is true. He had 94% in ESPN. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, but... um. In Yahoo, 40% of leagues, you can you can get your hands on Ryan Suter. And hell, this is a guy I want on my team. He's owned in all of my Yahoo leagues. There's no shot I'm getting him, but hell. And, he, and he's shooting a ton, too. Not only that, but I mean, he has a ton of time on ice. He's definitely helping out anywhere, everywhere. Uh, I am also surprised that he is not higher owned uh, in Yahoo. My guy, I think I'm going to take Zach Parise. Yikes. Uh, yeah, I, I, that can't I know. feel good. I know, and and I don't really like like uh, uh, Zach Parise has a special place in my heart. Uh, like that little black corner with all like the shadows and angry people. Yeah, he's seventy four percent owned in ESPN, which is definitely a little high. Um, however, in Yahoo, he is only twenty percent owned. TJ, and one of the things about Zach Parise is that he can help you out in a bunch of different ways. Uh, he's on pace for 50 points right now. And the fact that he could break the 30 goal mark is really the interesting part for me. Uh, he's shooting a ton, but he's only really giving you about a half hit and a half block per game, but at least he's still chipping in. If the shots have been there too, man. Yeah. If, if you're looking for goals and you're looking for shots and, and maybe a little bit of help from hits and blocks from your offensive players, he is definitely a guy to at least look in on for this first part of the week when Minnesota is playing against Florida on Monday, always the people that we're looking for against Detroit on Wednesday. I think this is going to be one of those weeks where I don't feel bad about recommending a center. Uh, the same thing can be said about Vincent Trocek going back, but Eric Stahl, man, 33% owned in Yahoo here. Last three games, he's been held pointless. He's got one point in his last five, but he's getting top line time. The power play... Pl- the power play percentage is pretty solid. It's going up over the last little bit here. Getting around 60% of the time there. You're not going to get shit for hits and blocks. I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Not shit for hits and blocks. He's got eight shots in his last three games. I mean, as far as deployment goes, this is a guy you're going to get. Tonight he had an assist on the power play, two shots and a block. So I think as far as options go, he's at least an option. Yeah, you can't you can't hate that Detroit matchup either. So, um, Like we were saying, those are your four teams. You got Detroit. Florida, Winnipeg, and Minnesota that all have the two games on that very first week. Coming up here, though, we're going to be moving into the second week, TJ. So uh, strap yourselves in. And we have some kind of interesting stuff going on in that second week. Some one-game-a-week bullshit? (laughs) So the one-game teams, they're Chicago and Colorado. So that brings them to a grand total of two games in two weeks, Chicago and Colorado. You and I are playing each other. My Nathan McKinnon is going to be muted. Your Patrick Kane is going to be muted. And your Rantanen. It's going to be a rough one. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. But hey, do you still have Makar in that league? Yeah, yeah, I got Makar too. Okay, so at least we're evening out a little bit here. 
Okay, so you won't have Makar as much. I won't have... I mean, you have all Colorado. So, at least I got that going for me. Yeah. As far as other game, or as far as other teams that have only one game that week, and that's Florida, Minnesota, and the New York Islanders. You're staying away from all of those kind of outlying guys from those teams that you might have been streaming, were holding on to, and not really sure if you wanted to drop. I would definitely say drop a player like that, especially those guys that we just talked about. From like, I'd be dropping Zach Parise. I, I, in this scenario, I just picked him up for last week. You know what I mean? When he had two games in three days, but now I'm dropping him moving forward with picking up somebody else, maybe from one of these four game weeks, because there's a pretty decent amount of them. There are quite a few teams that have two games this week, uh, which isn't a ton. What are you going to do? Boston, Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, New York Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Vegas, and Winnipeg. Uh, so Winnipeg is one of those teams that you're looking at last, uh, last week, but now again, you're probably going to be dropping those players that you picked up, even though Carolina only plays two games this week. I love the fact that again, again, so this will be what the third matchup TJ in a row where they're playing on a Friday, Sunday to finish out your matchup. Well, it's a really weird week. It's, it's almost as if Saturday is the only heavy night. And it's super heavy. The rest of the week is so strange. Monday, six games. Typically, that that would be an off night. Tuesday, two games. Tuesday is usually a heavy night. Only two games. Wednesday, six. Thursday, three. Friday, seven. And then Saturday, 14. Sunday, three. So when we're looking at it, the only real heavy night, there's six off nights here and only one heavy night. So you can really, you don't need to think about uh, getting off nights, getting any of this. All you need to do is work your way around Saturday when you're going to have a full lineup anyway. So what you want to do is maximize as much as you can. It's going to be a hard matchup. It's going to be maybe not hard because we do have this um, this three-day period, four-day period, whatever it is, between the All-Star break to prepare for the next week. And, and you're going to be able to do a lot of dives. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of content out there letting you know which ways to go. Yeah, like you're saying, man, like a lot of these teams, except for – Chicago and Colorado, those are the only two teams that have only two games over this two-week period here. Four games the second week, we're going to lead off with Anaheim. And I know you're not super high on Anaheim here, but you got to look at somebody like Jacob Silverberg. Just came back tonight, 22% owned in in Yahoo. As far as anybody in Anaheim goes, this has got to be the top streaming option, you got to think. I mean, Getzlav, he's not exactly the highest owned. He's only 45%. There's not really any high-owned players, except for maybe Ricard Raquel, who's still himself only 68% owned. There's a lot of availability That's because Anaheim. they're the Anaheim Ducks, and that's why I really got pretty much nothing on this. I mean, Fowler is an option. Uh, he's getting top power play time, but he's not producing. Sprong, who, by the way, is U-G-L-Y, he has no alibis. Uh, he's on the top line, but not producing. Uh, the only guy I'm looking at only because he's good looking is Chase DeLeo, who is actually playing with Silverberg and Adam Henrique. Just kind of keep him on your watch list. I know I am. Cam Fowler, 20, 22% owned here. Yeah, all those guys are very available. Their weeks are never really friendly to them, but this is going to be a hard week for them. Anaheim's going to see San Jose, Arizona, Tampa Bay, Los Angeles Kings. That's their four. Yeah, That's their four bad. games this week, and one of them is on Saturday. Yeah, their best game 
their yeah. best matchup against uh, the LA Kings is on that super heavy Saturday. Right. So you're definitely playing pretty much every other player that you have instead of Jakob Silverberg. I'll tell you what, even if I had Ricard Raquel, he'd have a tough time finding his way into my lineup on Saturday, <laughs> even with that LA spot. So I get what you're saying. And they do have four games. Three of them are on. That's what you want, though. That's what you want. You want those three games that are on the days that aren't Saturday. Um, and the only teams that really have that, Montreal is the next one we're going to be talking about. And I think you finally bought into this Ilya Kovalchuk thing. Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I just, it's it's like I don't want to believe it, I guess. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Uh, this is kind of when, actually, this is exactly when fucking ESPN stopped working. Uh, can you look what up, or can you look up what he is on ESPN? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm. I, I guess I'm starting to turn around. He's thirty percent owned in ESPN, twenty five percent owned in Yahoo. Dude's got actually when I had when I had written this, he had five points his fir- in his what first six games against or in Montreal. He has seven points because he added two goals. I thought he. I thought he played seven games because he played I seven games. And, He's got I six points. Six. But tonight he added two goals, five shots. One of those goals was on the power play. How does he not have seven points in seven games? Maybe when I was reading those tweets that um, he hadn't scored the second goal yet. He has a goal and four assists in six games, and that's not including tonight. So that should be seven goals and or not seven goals, seven points in seven games. How is this not the case? Because of math. Yeah, I guess seven and seven. Oh, hey yeah, there, so. math. Hey there, math whiz. Yeah, the last I hey seen there, it, uh, Arpan Basu had tweeted that Ilya Kovalchuk now has six points in seven games. But then he went ahead and scored another goal. So you're right. Seven points in seven games. There you go. You're right about how many points Ilya Kovalchuk has. But I'm right about being in on Ilya Kovalchuk. So we both are taking a I'm win. Not out, I'm there. not out on being I'm not out on being in. On I on Ilya Kovalchuk, uh, like I said, he scored another two points tonight. Um, he's had a half lock game, two hits a game. The the hits are fantastic, but this is the thing, TJ. Since coming to Montreal, he is a solid five minutes more time on ice in Montreal as opposed to what he had in LA. Around twenty and a half minutes per game in Montreal, he was only at fifteen and a half minutes in LA. That's knucking futs, dude. <laughs> the only thing that, that really kind of sucks about Ilya Kovalchuk is he is trash in the face-off circle. He's at like 38% or Dude's something like that. Dude's a winger. I, I don't <laughs> expect that from him, right? So, I mean, if you're going at Kovalchuk for friggin'. Uh, but obviously, I didn't want to say Kovalchuk, but he is showing that he fits in well with that Montreal scheme. So, for example... With those two goals that he had tonight against the Flyers, both of his linemates were on there, which reads well to me. So uh, Dano and Tatar were both on that, uh, both on those goals with him. It seems that that line is actually getting some continuity. All three of them have had a good amount of points since he has come to that team. I'm definitely a little surprised, uh, but he does seem to be a little rejuvenated here. So the only thing that I have to say about this one is with the All-Star break, it gives Brendan Gallagher a certain amount of time to get healthy. But even if he does, and maybe let's say we get Jonathan Drouin right away, you know, right after the All-Star break, 
I still think they're going to try and fit Ilya Kovalchuk into the top six. I mean, his play is top six material. So it seems like they've gotten, this was a good deal for them. That's what I'm getting at here is, yeah, they're going to want to put Brendan Gallagher back on the top line. That goes without saying. Jonathan Drouet is going to be in the top six. But there's also that other spot, maybe a guy like, you know, Yol Armia goes down to the bottom six. Well, that's and... what I was going to say. Do you think maybe like Nick Suzuki and Yol Armia are the ones that get bumped down? I do think that they have to value Kovalchuk a little bit more. He's he's out there during the last few minutes of the games. He's out there for OT. He's out there on the top power play. There are certain there are certain situations that the coaches are given him that shows a certain level of trust, and that's not something that's just handed out. I know they probably wanted to show this shiny new toy off and everything, but he's he's been doing good. I don't know if you remember me saying this, but when they picked up Ilya Kovalchuk, I did say I, yeah. they didn't do it in order to hide him in the bottom six. I don't believe for a second that they did it to bolster their bottom six. Because even if you do, you keep him up there, Druan and Gallagher both come back. That's Armia, Suzuki, and Poling on the third line. That's pretty friggin' scary. That's yeah, a when you, damn good third line. When you think of him as a depth addition, you think of him as, as an addition to create depth. Because you put him up there, and you're able to bump guys that you had in the top six down a little bit, bolstering your bottom six that way. So I agree with you totally that he's going to be in the top six. We're probably looking at a second line of like uh, Durant and Kovalchuk on the wings, but I don't know. I, I, Gallagher is going to get that top spot back. There's no challenging that, I don't think, whatsoever. So his deployment is going to go down a little bit, but I still really like where he's at. And there's a good shot that he still gets top power play time. I'm in on Kovalchuk. I think we spent a little bit too much time here. Um, let's move on now to Nashville, who is another team that's going to play four times here. It looks like you're in on Matt Duchesne. And I'll agree, with you. I'll agree with you for a streamer because Ira I, and the douche. He's a punji pit when it comes to long-term holds. So, you know, I, I give it to you that um, that he's got 10 points in his last 10, three on the power mm-hmm. play. Uh, the shots are okay. Like you have written here, nine shots against Pittsburgh, which is extremely impressive. But uh, when it comes to centers, when we, we said it yesterday with uh, Ryan Johansson, or we said it in our Cold Streaks episode. Maybe that wasn't yesterday. Three drinks in, not remembering correctly here. Matthew Shane, same deal. He's a center. It's a deep position. There are better options out there, and I get it. He is, you know, fun. He was the new guy in Nashville. Um, You want him to be good. I want him to be good. But really, he has no spot on a long-term roster here. First dream, if Matthew Shane is available, I like that spot. And I would even think about Akali Yarncroke. I mean, he can't go pointless forever. So I'd... I want to start talking about him as a streamer again instead of a uh, instead of a hold because that time is long gone. I Gallagher. agree with you. I mean, the, these are guys I'm thinking about picking up. I'm not going to hold on to a Matt Duchesne. If he is a good matchup where he has four games in that week, I think he is a good streamer for those games, and that's about it. I mean, he's not cracking my Saturday lineup, just like we talked with Ricard yeah. Raquel. It's not like I'm picking up – I'm going to have way better people playing in my Saturday. Uh, When I'm thinking, oh, man, who should I play? He's already going to be on that bench if I don't already trade him out to pick up somebody ahead of time for Sunday. Yeah, Matt Duchesne, Saturday sit guy. Where Matt Duchesne is 60% owned, Kelly Armacroke is 12% owned and offers dual winger eligibility. I don't know. You got anything left on uh, Nashville here? 
Nah, that's about it. So moving on, we got Ottawa, who also has four games. And I think that this is definitely a Connor Brown situation. Connor Brown, only 4% owned. I like that spot. I mean, when it comes to Ottawa, we're looking at guys like Anthony Duclair who are trending down. You might be able to get your hands on somebody like a Duclair just for this four-game week. And if it works out, you can hold on too because there are a lot of people losing faith. I see where it's coming from. I kind of am losing faith as well. But that's what happens during a cold streak. And I think that's exactly what it is from from Anthony Duclair here. It's it's a cold streak. But guys like Connor Brown are widely available. He's got two two-point games going strong, like strong. He's got one of the best, I think, if not even the best time on ice amongst forwards from Ottawa, which is a good look. The shots aren't, they're not huge, uh, but he does offer a little bit of hits and a little bit of blocks here. Well, he's looked like he's going to round out just under 200 for the year. Yeah, I was I was more or less looking in the last few games here. Uh, five shots tonight against Vegas. That's huge. One shot the night before against Chicago, who let up a lot of shots. So that's, that's a little bit telling. And then I'm just seeing zeros. Actually, not really. I, I'm seeing a zero against Washington. Uh, one shot against Detroit. Three shots against Montreal. On the season, he's given you over two shots a game. So they're there. And I really, I can't believe what you're doing in St. Louis here. Like are you, are you upset bad. at me? Yeah, I'm a little upset here. I disagree 100%. I I try I try to throw out some some randoms every now and then. Yeah, this one's I controversial. I try to throw out some randoms and I'll I'll tell you what, if it pans out, I'm going to be the first one to tell you all about it. I'm going to go Justin Falk. I'm going Justin Falk. I'm feeling like there's going to be a resurgence here maybe. He's helping out on hits a little more than blocks and he's at least throwing shots at the net, so hopefully the points can come. Uh in his last couple of games, he has over two shots a game. I'm pretty happy about that. He just had a goal against Philadelphia. I don't know. For some reason, for some crazy reason, I can't even, in all honesty, I can't even pinpoint exactly why. It's just a gut feeling? It's just a gut feeling. I'm feeling mm-hmm. Justin Falk for that four-game week. 35% owned in Yahoo right now. Hits right about one a game. Blocks right about one a game. Shots a little closer to two. Um, over two shots a game. I don't know. I I can't back you on this one, but I'm just reading. By, the, by the way, TJ, for St. Louis's uh, week that week, they have a really weird looking week. I'll say that they have two back to backs: Monday, Tuesday, so at Vancouver, at Calgary, and then they don't play until Friday, Saturday, at Edmonton, at Winnipeg. So they have four games, all away games, two back to backs. That's mm. a, sh- a, a shitty <laughs> schedule. That's shitty. So maybe even somebody like Jake Allen, two back to backs there. Yeah, that's shitty. That's something Not, that you know, they. That's something that the league usually does. To the Flyers. I'm kind of surprised that they would do that to the defending champs. All right, Tampa Bay Lightning. We got to go, Anthony Sorelli here. Sorelli. Yeah, absolutely. Sorelli. Uh, the lines have been up and down a little bit, but he's 15% owned in Yahoo. Um, in his last few games, he's pointed in. Each of his last two had an assist against Minnesota tonight, two assists against L.A., a couple of easy games there. You know, a little bit of a cold stretch, but the shots, the hits, he's bringing a little bit of everything, and he's getting good deployment. The lines are up and down. Some nights he's playing with Stamco, some nights he's not. So as far as that goes, it's something to monitor, but he is a good, he's a good option there. I think Washington is my favorite schedule here because they skip Saturday with games against Montreal, Nashville, Ottawa, and the always entertaining Washington versus Pittsburgh game. 
It's going to be a six. That's what I said. It's going to be a six, five game. The only thing that really sets this apart. Number one, you got a game against Ottawa, which is huge. And then you're missing Saturday to be able to truly call this for off night schedule. Washington are the guys we got to go for. So who do you like from Washington? I'm going to go Lars Eller, man. And strangely enough, um, there was a stretch between January 3rd and January 7th where he had five points in three games and then he had an assist. Like he's doing pretty good over his last few games here. Going back, like he had an assist against New Jersey tonight in a 5 2 trouncing against both Louis Domingue and Corey Schneider. Um, the Pims, he's got four Pims in his last four games. Shots on goal are up to seven. Uh, the hits, like, up and down. He had four hits against Carolina, which is a divisional game, and maybe he was just feeling it. Uh, but when we're looking at the stats on the year, we're getting t- close to two and a half shots a game, almost a hit a game, and almost a block a game. When it comes to Washington streamers, there's not really anybody there, but Lars Eller, 15% owned, and has been about as good as you can get from from the not your usual suspects in Washington. So I'm going to say a guy, and I'm, I'm just going to reiterate from what you had said in one of our earlier episodes this week. And it's definitely Ilya Samsonov. Well, for this matchup, for that second week. He is 71% owned in ESPN and TJ. In that 71%, he is up 43%. He is up 43% in ESPN. It's crazy. Fifty-four. He's still, he's still owned in only half leagues in Yahoo. He's at 54%. He's up 17% since last week. So people are definitely catching on to the Samsonov thing. Added another quality start tonight with a 201 goals allowed. 32 saves on 34 shots with a 941. So we can add another quality start. I mean, this has been a great year so, for Samsonov. So how many games do you think he gets? Do you think he gets three games out of these four? Or do you think that he gets two? I'll tell you I think what. He gets, I think he gets two at the least. He might get three games. I got him down for two. I got him down for the Ottawa game because they're still trying to ease him in. And that Pittsburgh game, you got to think it's going to be Holtby just because of the history. But they could also go, you know, rookie goalie against semi-rookie goalie and Tristan Jari here. They could make a storyline out of that, you know, like Samsonov versus Jari, the new the yeah, new generation of yeah. rivalry. Yeah. You know, like they could they could play that. You know, they, they can make something out of that. You never know. But against Montreal, Nashville, Ottawa, and Pittsburgh here, we're looking at a pretty solid four games for for the Washington Capitals. Outside that Pittsburgh game, an almost fully healthy Pittsburgh team, that's going to be a rough one. And if we know anything about those games, they're high scoring. So if we're talking about a goalie, that might be one to stray away from. But hell. It's, it's just how well he's been playing in the paint lately. Like you said, he had another quality start. That brings him up to 12 quality starts in 18 games played. Zero, zero really bad starts. No roast beef sandwiches, man. No roast beef sandwiches. He has eaten lobster rolls all day long. Mm. Uh, 925 save percentage on the year, a 211 goals against average. He's been incredibly, uh, incredibly impressive. And we're, we're literally watching the changing of the guard. I think it seems incredibly evident. I know there have been uh, reports from, like, management and everything that Holpe's their guy. I mean, why wouldn't they say that? Why would they say, no, we're switching to Samsonov, you know, in the middle of a season with your how many years now? The guy that brought you a cup, the guy that has been shouldering your team for years and years and years. Why would you tell him, nah, 
we're done with you, dude. Like, you're going in the summer. No, Peace, you're in the middle bruh. of the season. Yeah, Peace, like, bruh. Thanks, later. No, you're not going to do that. So I get it that there has been backing from management and everything, but, I mean, to be honest here, I'm seeing a little bit of a Jari situation to the point where Murray won Pittsburgh a couple of cups and had a lot of help from Flurry, but now he's seeing his free agent status come up in the in the summer here. Same thing can be said for Braden Holpe. I think these guys... Um, these teams, they want to, they want to go cheap, and I think Samsonov is going to be way cheaper than Braden Holpe. Tristan Jari probably going to be way cheaper than Matt Murray. Uh, they want to see what they got. They want to create a little internal competition to number one to drive up the numbers so that there's competition between goalies, and two, drive down the numbers coming into next season. They want to drive down that that salary cap. So these guys are are playing for contracts. Probably all of them, like Samsonov the same way and Jari the same way. Like Jari and Murray are both up in the summer. They are literally playing for the crease next year. I mean, right now it looks like Jari, but uh, I think we're getting in on the ground floor. I'm already in there, so I'm I'm a proud Samsonov owner. I got these numbers tonight against New Jersey. Good look for me. With Samsonov, he's got his fourth start in the last seven games, which is a majority, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let's see how that plays out the rest of the way. But I might have dropped Jari to pick up Matt Murray for tomorrow. Oh, gross, dude. For real? But they're playing Detroit. That's a game to get Murray in. I wouldn't be surprised if he gives up three. They're they're playing Detroit, so I'm expecting Matt Murray to... He's get he's getting thrown up a, a friggin' apple here. You know what I mean? All he has to do is hit it. So he's getting thrown a really easy game. Murray, you gotta win this friggin' game. And then I'm gonna drop your ass. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this was um, this was an extended look at both weeks. We're going to come back next week at some point for sure and just dig back into this four-game week. Treat it just like one matchup because I know there's guys out there. There's there's one guy in our Discord who is playing in a CBS league that counts next week just as one week. And, dude, I feel for you. That's not going to be an easy week to win. I really don't think there's any point in blowing up the team just to win one week. So you really just got to ride this one and keep your fingers crossed as tightly as you can. Until Monday, when we come back with our next episode, you guys can follow us at LO underscore Fantasy NHL on Twitter. You can join our Discord, and if you guys are digging these episodes, you can leave us a review. It'll be something that, you know, makes my weekend. But that's the best way to help us out outside of listening. You guys are already listening, so you're helping us out. Yeah, that's the best way to support us is just leave a review on iTunes. Move us up those charts, man. We love you guys. Love yous.